2: Hello and a very warm well welcome to this week's instalment of the late-breaking Formula One podcast. My name's Ben Hocking, joined as ever by Harry Eid and Samuel Sage. Guys, how are you doing this week?
0: Oh, not bad, thank you. I'm Scottish. I think not mean to start that Scottish. I'm good. I'm doing well. Um, working from home is interesting. I shaved my head. Um, it got to that level. So, yeah, it could be worse, but it could be better.
1: It shaved your head and turned Scottish all in one day.
0: It was a crazy time to be Sam.
1: Yeah, basically like... Shrek.
0: Hello <laughs> oh, there.
2: I feel like there's a green element to the Shrek transformation that he didn't mention, but other than that, I think it all checks out.
0: Yeah, you don't know what's going on behind the closed doors.
2: No, not at all. Um, so, of course, another week without any Formula One action, but we'd still have plenty to talk about um, and ready to entertain you for the next forty-five minutes or so. We're going to be talking about the young drivers in Formula One, basically the the guys who have only been in the sport for a year. We're going to assess where we think they are now and what we think their potential could be. What is their ceiling in Formula One? We're going to be looking at Silverstone. Sorry, we're going to be looking at uh, some circuits on the F one calendar that might work as reverse circuits. Of course, Silverstone has presented the idea they might want to do it. We're going to be looking at other circuits. Could they possibly do it? Um, We're going to be looking at Algarve as well and how that has now got grade one accreditation from the FIA and F1 back and forth returns tonight. So you can get ready for Sam's interpretation of an introduction to that. However, we will start with the topic that I set up first, and that was the drivers who have only been in the sport for a year, and assessing where we think they are, and more importantly, where we think they could go in the future. Just how how far in Formula One could they get? Sam, I'm going to start with you. We're going to go with a grading system here, so anything from an A plus down to an F. I I don't know if any of them will uh, go that low, but Lando Norris, someone who's got a bit of attention over the last few months, thanks to his exploits into streaming but um in terms of his formula one ability at least where do you think he is now and where do you think he could get to
0: it's interesting isn't it lando is someone that as a three we we all really like him we're all really warm to him we think he's an upbeat fun guy great personality to have in the sport and someone who from such a young age is being a great advocate i think for the sport both within it in terms of being on the track that's a little hint and outside of it you make streaming you know he he uh, followed my lead and shaved his head recently, but that was under the name of charity. He raised, I think that was a 15 grand, which is incredible. Um, to me, he's, he's, a, he's a top lad. And I think on the track, considering he's had one of the most successful youth careers of all time, Ben, I think maybe you've mentioned the fact before, maybe the most successful youth career in terms of an F1 driver of all time, uh, better than the likes of Lewis Hamilton. That I, I reckon he, if he gets the right car, as it takes for any, I'm going to t- say this, for any F1 champion. You have to have the right car. You could be the world's best driver that anyone has ever seen anyone will see, but if you're sat in the Mangardi at the back of the grid, as much as we love it, you aren't going to win a championship. So, if the tables go the right way, if things turn properly, if Norris finds himself in the right seat, or plays the field correctly and learns what team is doing what and gets himself the right seat, I think Norris could win one, two, three comfortable championships. Um, I think he's currently at kind of a, a B, he did well against Sainz. Science probably had his best season going. Uh, but I think Norris wasn't too far off that. I think, yeah, he had a bit of a, an unlucky season. A couple of engine breakdowns that Science can incur. That unfortunate one in Spa where it broke down on the line with, I think, a lap to go. And he was, you know, screaming cursives over the radio. It's broken. It's broken. Your, your heart goes out for the young guy in his rookie season. I was genuinely quite impressed with Norris. I think he really delivered some solid results. He pulled some cracking overtakes. We saw Bahrain, his second race ever in Formula 1. He was around the outside of Pierre Gasly, uh, who was in a red bull at the time, going through the tight right-hander in Bahrain, turn four, I think it is. You know, he showed some real excellence. And I think that Norris is, you know, a strong B, and I really think he could be an A-plus a+ driver if he gets himself in the right car. And that's the same for the likes of Vettel, Hamilton, Rosberg. You know, any world champion that's come along, you have to be able to do that car decision-making as well as doing the delivering on track. So if he does that bit, then I really think he could be a, uh, a one generation driver. And I think he could have the same kind of career trajectory that Hamilton has had both in F1 and out of F1 if he builds a personality for himself. So for me, super, super promising. One of the best youth candidates we've seen come through for a long time.
2: Very interesting. So currently at a B, potentially A plus potential. That's how Sam views Lando Norris and his future. Harry, what about you? Where would you grade him now? And where do you think his ceiling is? Don't say I above.
1: Agree. No... I agree with Sam on the on the point of um, it depends. It depends whether he can get himself into the right car, whether that's through McLaren, whether they develop into a winning team once again, or he moves to a current top team. Whether that's well, potentially Mercedes. He's got the Toto Wolf Link, so it could be there. Um, I, I'd give him a B plus for the last year. I think think he was so close well not he was so close to signs at least in definitely in qualifying and even in the races he gave him a run for the, his money for most of most of the year and did have some horrific bad luck spa springs to mind straight away um yeah I, look like, we know how talented lando is um he he was very competitive his his, his junior career has been astonishing and if you exclude f2 we won pretty much everything on the way up to formula one um so look he we know how good he is but yeah like sam says uh it's going to be whether he can get in the right car at the right time but if he can then i don't see why he can't win a couple of couple of championships along the way maybe even maybe even three but we'll see what happens
2: yeah, and I think that's the case for any Formula One driver is they do need a slice of luck um, and they, they need to find their way into the right car. Not not only find their way into the right car, but but find their way into the right car at the right time uh, whether lano norris will do that or not remains to be seen we know he does have links with mercedes mclaren of course themselves are looking to progress up the grid they already have to some degree whether they'll continue that in the next few years who knows um i'd, I'd say i would say a b um i agree with sam on that i don't think it was quite good enough for a b plus um i was kind of toying between B, B- minus, um, for his ability at the moment. However, I do think he has got the potential for world championships, provided he does find himself in the right positions. Um, uh, like you've already referenced, his, his junior career is stellar. And really, it's only the Formula 2 season where he didn't win. Um, he, he put up a good fight. It was, no, by no means, a bad season. Uh, but that's pretty much the only thing he didn't win on his way up the, the, uh, to formula one. And he almost accumulated 50 race wins before he'd even got to formula one, which is an incredibly impressive tally. And something I've mentioned before that I can't think of a, another junior career that even comes close to that number of wins. I would put Norris's potential in a, um, I I think the a plus is reserved for those who I think, are maybe top 10 talents of all time, top 15 talents. I don't think he'll quite get there. Um, you know, I do. I think someone like Hamilton, who I would rank as an A plus, would I? Do I think he'd lose to Carlos Signs in his debut season? I I'm not saying it. It was a. It was a bad season by Landon Norris by no stretch of the imagination. But if you want to be one of the greatest of all time, I feel like you overcome signs in your first year. So uh, I'm going to put Landon Norris's potential at an A. I do think he could win a few world championships, um, but he has he is coming up and we'll probably get onto some other names as well. But he's coming up at a time where uh, there seems to be a real boom in terms of quality drivers coming through. We saw sort of Hamilton, Rosberg, Vettel all come through at the same time. Um, And I think this has been sort of the next burst after that. Russell, uh, Norris, Verstappen, Leclerc, all of these guys coming through at the same time, who, if they had found their way into maybe a different era, they might stand alone as the one exciting rookie. But there's so many brilliantly young, talented drivers at the moment. So Norris, I'm going to give him a B at the moment, uh, potential for an A though. Um, and we'll move on to Alex Albon next. So, of course, racing for Red Bull now. So, of all the names we'll discuss, he's actually the most uh, most senior in terms of the seat that he's got available to him. Sam, obviously started the year at Toro Rosso, went to Red Bull midway through. Where do you see him now? and Where do you see him in the future?
0: So, his season in his first year is quite topsy-turvy for Alex Albon, of course. He wasn't expected to be in an F1 seat, Uh, almost a couple of weeks before the season even really began. And all of a sudden, he found himself in that Torosso seat. And it was deceptive, I think. I think he was was good. He was properly good. Don't get me wrong. But he was up against um, Kvyat. And a lot of people have a lot of mixed reservations around Kvyat. I rate Kvyat quite highly. I think he's a really strong talent still. I still think he's a very solid midfield driver, better than a lot of drivers on the grid. Don't think he's ever going to turn into a world-class, you know, all-winging champion, but I think he's solid. So he's going up against a a strong driver there, and I don't think he particularly outdoes Kvyat. I don't think he goes above and beyond what Daniel does. Uh, Not to say he was beaten by him, but I think they were pretty evenly matched. I think that shows that, you know, in your first year, when you got used to the car, that's pretty good. That's pretty strong. But it didn't wow me. I think the only reason he really got the Red Bull seat above Kvyat is because... He's, he's been and done it, and it wasn't successful. So they didn't want to give it another go, and they drop him again because we, we all know the crisis that could have happened. been in every position in the Red Bull team, you know, from janitor to driver to CEO, all the way back down to his fan. I don't think they want to break hearts again for Daniel Kvyat. So they give Alex Albon a go, and I think, realistically, I wanted to see a little bit more in terms of hanging with Max Verstappen. Yes, he did a better job than Pierre Gasly, but Pierre Gasly's time in Red Bull was woeful. It was probably the worst we've seen in a top-flight team since Mark Webber was, what, 100 points off Vettel in that championship fight. I think it was shockingly bad for someone who was expected to be in a top-three team. Albon did better. Do I think he did brilliantly? Ah, uh, no. I would like to have seen him do a little bit more, be a bit closer to the Stappen. But then again, I do think out of all the rookies, Albon has got the hardest teammate to prove himself against currently. So I think in terms of the season we've seen and where he's going, I think Albon currently is at a C plus, maybe scraping a B. I don't think he's as good as Norris just yet. Uh, I think he's got the capability of being a a, a B-plus driver. I think, unfortunately, with how the young driver program he's fallen into, I think with Verstappen also being so young, he's just never going to get that priority unless Verstappen ups and moves away. I don't think Albon ever gets that first seat. Um, So for me, it's going to be tough for him to ever break out of that mould of Verstappen or maybe wing something over Verstappen unless a real turn of pace happens. And I... I'm really trusting his talent. I think he's going to be a great asset to Red Bull. I think he'll help them possibly deliver championships in the future alongside Verstappen. I don't know if he can go that one step extra. And that, to me, is what will make him an A-level driver, beating Verstappen, especially to a title, which I think Verstappen is capable of. I don't know if Albon is currently. So for me, uh, C-plus currently, B-plus across his career, I
2: think. I have to admit, I don't remember when Danny Kvyat was CEO of Red Bull.
0: It was a short time. It was when a helmet was making some mistakes in the press.
2: He snuck in there for a couple of days.
1: Yeah, was that was a short time then. <laughs>
2: Anyway, so Danny Kvyat, janitor and CEO of Red Bull confirmed. Um, Albin, of course, won the Rookie of the Year award um, ahead of the likes of Norris and Russell. But uh, obviously Norris and Albin that we've already analysed, Sam, you've you've put Norris ahead both in terms of current ability and potential ability, which is interesting. Harry, do you follow this or do you rate Albin a bit higher?
1: I agree with Sam. I agree with his grading. Um, but... I think, and we've said this many times, you know, at the end of last year, that album was thrown into the, that's, it was thrown into the Toro Rosso seat at the last minute. Then he was thrown into the Red Bull seat halfway through the season. And like Sam says, he didn't do like a brilliant job, but he definitely did a good job in that seat, considering uh, he didn't really have much time to prep for it. Um, so yeah, I'd agree with the C plus for, uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, for last year. Um, and I think I'd agree with the B plus for, 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 um, the future. Um, but we haven't really had a, I don't feel like we've had a fair chance and we we probably won't this year either. have a fair chance to fully, um, judge him alongside Verstappen. Um, because yeah, like we've said before, he, he need he did a good job, but he still needs to step up in 2020 whenever that happens. Um, See so, yeah, I-, I agree with Sam on that one, which is a bit of a shame. Sorry. Sorry about that, <laughs> listeners.
2: That is a bit of a
1: shame. But what's
2: more of a shame is that I'm generally speaking going to do the same thing. Um, oh my yeah, Alex Al- <laughs> sorry, guys, we are being boring this evening. Alex Albon. I mean, he, I, I would absolutely 100% agree that he has the most difficult task of any of the young drivers at the moment. You know, having to go up against Max Verstappen you could put a a 30 year old veteran and 35 year old veteran in that car against Verstappen and it would be a tall order. Um, So let alone someone who has literally spent one year in Formula One and only half of that year in the Red Bull team, not an easy task whatsoever. Um, I would, I'd agree with you. I think he is about C plus um, and the potential, I, I think B plus is, is where I would say the absolute ceiling is. I think it's more likely he'll end up in the B category. Um, I, I think if we're using B plus as maybe someone like Perez or Bottas, I could see him going into that role later in his career. Do I see him as this world champion? No, to, uh, to put it bluntly. Um Albin is a little bit older than, than Norris, uh, and indeed Russell, who we'll get on to in a minute, but um yeah, in terms of Formula One experience, it's it's fairly uh, it obviously it's exactly the same. So um still plenty of room to grow for Alban. I, look, I don't think he's going to be able to beat Verstappen, I just don't think they're on the same level. That doesn't necessarily mean Alban hasn't got a future in Formula One. Albin, I think we able he has value for a team like Red Bull, which means he'll always have value for teams lesser than Red Bull. So um, if he can hold on to that seat and if he can be a solid number two driver for years to come, that'll be brilliant. If he does end up somewhere in the midfield, which I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen, I think he can forge a career similar to that of Hulkenberg or Perez. Um, But yeah, C plus potential. I'll give it B plus, um, but anything in between that for his potential wouldn't surprise me. George Russell. So Formula 3 champion, Formula 2 champion, goes up to Formula 1, obviously only in the Williams in 2019. So didn't really get a chance to show what he's capable of. But his junior career does indicate uh, that he has a a good future in Formula 1. Sam, where would you put his current potential? uh, Sorry, where would you put his current ability and his potential?
0: I think out of all the rookies that we've currently got on the grid, George Russell is oddly probably the absolute hardest to rate out of everyone, so he is the F two champ, which is impressive in us as it is. You know, he's he's beat the likes of uh, of Norris to that top spot, and he was so good through his junior career, so impressive. You know, he got moves done. He showed, he showed clearly that he could lead races from the front. Uh, he was strategically strong. He was able to fight off and defend well. The man is a great all-rounder. The issue with Russell, of course, is that he's been stuck in the worst car in almost the last decade of Formula One, right at the back of the grid. Uh, it's it's probably Williams' worst form we've ever seen from Williams, and Russell is their front man for that, which is devastating. The only shining light we've seen for Russell is that he was up against Kubica, which is a a world, you know a world-renowned racer. Everyone has a lot of respect for Kubica, and he beats him. Well, apart from the the, the point that he was awarded due to a issue but he beat him okay we're gonna say it he beat him he beat him in qualifying comfortably um pretty much i think every single qualifying session russell was ahead and he finished in front of him on the majority of races just happened be the one race where the point was awarded that he wasn't in front of him but nonetheless russell beats a guy that was tipped to be better than schumacher at one point which is impressive to say the least maybe not his best form fair but he still beat him convincingly secondly russell can't fight anyone else but I generally think that with the links that he's got to Mercedes, with Toto, you know, he's, he is tipped to be Hamilton's teammate or maybe the replacement for Hamilton. I think Russell could win championships. And I think out of all of the drivers, he's got the best pathway to getting himself in a world championship securing and drive, which is fantastic. So I think realistically, out of all the rookies, I think he's one of the highest, I would say BB+. Plus think he's slightly better than Norris in terms of current ability. He just hasn't been able to show it yet. And I think he could be, I don't think he could be as good as Hamilton. And I was slightly over the top with my Norris prediction. So I'm going to say an A for Norris, like A- a minus for Norris, just a, a strong A for Russell, I think. I think he's got more chance of becoming a multiple world champ than, than Norris does. I think Russell just has that slightly more all-round package uh, to him that is what Mercedes are looking for and what a world champion is made of. So I'm hoping he gets the chance to showcase that. It's kind of a bit of a shot in the dark because we don't really know what he can do against other people of the same level at the moment. But I think he'll beat Latifi comfortably and I think he will go on to achieve big things.
2: Very interesting indeed. Harry, what do you think?
1: Yeah, like Sam says, it's very difficult to judge Russell on the... I mean, it's difficult to judge all of these rookies on the case of a year, but particularly Russell um being in that Williams is very hard to gauge. But the noises coming out on Mercedes um w whether they were happy with, with what he was doing. They they, you know, they, with the data that was coming out. And he's obviously still been doing a bit of testing for them, I think, uh during the season. Um yeah, he comfortably ble- <laughs> He comfortably beats Kubica over the course of a year. Um I would give him the same grade I gave Norris, which was a B plus be i give him the same one i can't remember what that was it's but it's the same so. <laughs> um yeah and i think he too like norris has the potential to go on and win two maybe three world championships but caveat like i said with norris he's got to be in the right car and arguably he may have the better chance of being in a mercedes than than norris does um you know he's been a mercedes junior driver for for a long time now so um yeah, it's it's a tough one because he is he's surely one of the the brightest talents on the grid, having been the the F two champion, and he's stuck in one of the wo- well the worst car on the grid, which is which is a, a shame because we're not really seeing what he can do.
2: On the point of of Russell's pathway, Harry, um, I mean, it makes sense. He has been at the he has been in that academy for a long time now. He is the logical next step. But if Norris keeps on being able to show what he can do and the Williams doesn't really improve and Russell can't, do you think it becomes too much of a risk for Mercedes to take him on and they start to look I at I missed
1: him? that because you broke up, but I'm guessing you, you were comparing whether it's more difficult for Russell to go to Mercedes.
2: Um I, I was just kind of saying that if Russell continues and Williams continue on that same path does it become too much of a risk for Mercedes to take him on? And does that give the opportunity to someone like Lando Norris, who is able to show what he can do?
1: Yeah, that risk is definitely real. Um, but they, look, they could end up in the team together. Who knows what will happen? But, um, I, well, I can't, Mercedes must have their eye on Norris as well as Russell. Um but you know, Mercedes have they they like I said they can see the data from from Williams and Russell's doing testing for them. Still, it, it's going to be difficult, and he'll definitely he'll probably hope to either jump out of Williams. It'd be unusual to see him jump out of Williams into Mercedes, but you know we've seen it before with Bottas. Um, yeah, he'll definitely hope to be jumping into a, a quicker car sooner rather than later if he's not going to be in that Mercedes for a few years, just so he can show even the rest of the F1 paddock, his talents. Um, so yeah, it could, it could be more difficult, but I I still see Russell ending up in a Mercedes at some point in his, in his career.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. And I actually think it will be sooner rather than later um, because I think regardless of whether it's Bottas or Hamilton who does end up leaving or being booted out, um, I think Russell, I think they will um, take a chance on him, even though he hasn't been able to show what he can do. He ha- he was impressive for Williams, as impressive as he could be at the very least. Um, and yeah, he's continued that relationship with Mercedes, even when he's been at Williams. So I don't think they'll have too many concerns personally. I'm going to give Russell the same grade that I gave Norris, actually. I'm going to say he's a B right now, and I think he could be an A-level driver as well. Um yeah. I mean, Russell and Norris both have the same potential in my view that they could win multiple championships. I don't think either of them are going to get to the same level as as Hamilton Schumacher kind of, you know, grade A tier. Having said that, you know, not many do. So it's, it's not much of a slight on them. But I think they've got really uh, got bright futures ahead of them. George Russell... He I, I we see Fernando Alonso at Minardi, I'll use that as an example. That was that did not come at Alonso's detriment. He was stuck at the back of the grid pretty much all season, um, you know, fighting with uh Tarso Marquez. Like he, he couldn't really do anything in that car. However, it didn't really have a negative impact on his career. He eventually found his way into Renault, and he was able to then show what he can do. Uh, I'm of the belief that the crew does eventually rise to the top in uh, in Formula One, even if it is difficult at first. You know, you get very different rookie careers at times. You know, Hamilton walked into a car that was capable of winning the championship in year one. Alonso was the complete opposite. Uh, We might well see, you know, Lano Norris came into a car that was at least good enough to fight. Russell definitely wasn't, but they might well end up on the same path at some point. So, yeah, I'm going to go B right now. Potential for an A in the future. And the last one we'll do on this category, because he was kind of a rookie. I'm going to classify him as a rookie. Antonio Giovanazzi on that point. Did you see the stream where he joined in the lobby with all the other F1 drivers? Yes.
1: The, the, bit, the most Italian lobby ever there's ever been. Yeah. <laughs> I was a massive fan of that.
2: Uh, Sam, where do you see his current ability and what is his potential?
0: Uh, again... I really like Gio. Gio uh, seems like a great guy. Really nice. I enjoy that he's part of Formula 1. He came into F1 a little while ago in the Sauber. And he made an absolute mess of it. He crashed, I think, pretty much every single part of a Grand Prix he took part in. Which is not great. When you were tipped to be one of the best rookies coming through, you were the Ferrari young driver at that point. You know, it's It's not a good first impression. I think he gets another shot. He comes into Alfa Romeo, and that's a big seat. You know, you're alongside world champion Kimi Räikkönen. There's a lot of young drivers, Schwarzman, Schumacher, a lot of people looking at that going, that's a good seat in F1. I, that is a pathway to Ferrari. Leclerc has just proven that. You know, Vettel's on his last legs. We can't admit there's more than three, four years of Vettel left. And there's every he's chance. Not that he's
1: not day. dying.
0: He's not dying. It's his career, his Formula One career. Okay. Um, there's every chance oh, yeah. he's only in it for a couple more seasons. He may hate the 2021 cars. We don't know. So that might be it for Vettel. And that means there's a free seat in a top team. It doesn't come around too often. And yet, Gio, I think, has done nothing but disappoint other than maybe the last few races of the, uh, the most recent season. He kind of got used to it a little bit, which is great, but it took him too long. I think it was too little too late. I think he came in. I think he was maybe at a, an E plus, D minus rating. E isn't a grade, folks. If you get that in UGCSEs, then you need to reassess your life. Focus on something else. Um, <laughs> so for me, yeah, D minus, E plus, current ability. I think at best, he will be a C plus Driver, and I'm I'm really touching the limit there for him. I'm really trying to be optimistic because I like him. Probably more a C minus to a C driver. I think he's a very average midfield driver, and a lot of capability, but that never really comes to fruition. Yeah, I'm I'm slightly nervous for for Gio. I I think this career is going to be a little bit short lived. Maybe almost Marcus Ericsson esque in the sense of people really like him. Like, we love Mark You know, he's a great guy. Doing well in India and whatnot. Could win the championship. Who knows? That's yet to come. Um, But I don't think Gio's got what it takes to do it in Formula One, unfortunately. So I think we'll see a couple more seasons of Gio floating around. And unless he brings something else to the table, he's either a reserve driver or he goes to another series. And that's a shame because I like him. But for me, yeah, at best, C to C-. minus.
2: Very interesting. Very interesting. Harry, what do you grade him at?
1: I grade him at a, around a D for last year. Um, he, I just get the feeling he's a bit of a s- slow burner, if you will. He's not Leclerc, is he? That's obvious. Um, but he has got the talent. But he does. He has ha- also have a bit of a habit of crashing cars, as Sam's alluded to. Um, you know, he's on for uh, his first points in Belgium last year, and he binned it with only a couple of laps to go or something um but I, I do think he does have the talent he just perhaps needs to mature a little bit more and yeah like albon i think he we need to give him another year to see how he does if he if there's not a step up again this year then maybe then it's it's not going to happen but um for his the ceiling as you were i'd probably go for i reckon he's capable of a c plus or a B minus. <laughs> one of those two. <laughs> <An eight laughs> I'm undecided. I don't feel like we've seen enough of him yet to, to get I don't I can't judge how far he'll he could go. He's not gonna be world champion, let's put it that way.
2: It's a really interesting one in terms of comparing um Giovinazzi because you know Russell was very difficult to judge as well, but I think Jovanazzi is as well. He's up against a former world champion. But unlike where Albon is against Verstappen, who we know is either in his prime or very close to his prime, we don't really know where Raikkonen is. I mean, he was at Ferrari, was second driver to Sebastian Vettel, he moves to Alfa Romeo. At 40 years old, how good is Kimi? It's difficult to assess. If you think he, he isn't actually that far off he isn't too far off what he once was then you look at the season and think he didn't do that bad of a job Antonio Giovanazzi. if you think Raikkonen has dropped off massively and Giovanazzi is just even worse than that then you you have to rank him much much lower I'm going to rank him quite a bit higher than um than both of you have I'm going to say he's already at a C um I think his potential I'm going to say a B I don't no, if he gets there I think B minus is a bit more likely um but I think the second half of the season gives me a lot of hope for Antonio Giovinazzi he was very you know he was right up there with Raikkonen in qualifying in that second half of the year the Alfa Romeo dropped off in terms of pace which was really unfortunate if it had happened the other way around I actually think Giovinazzi would have beaten Raikkonen um but yeah, if the Alfa Romeo picks up pace again, he's got to keep on improving. Like he has to continue on that trajectory that he had in the second half of the season. If he doesn't, then you know nothing's gonna nothing's gonna come of his career really. But yeah, I, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna say he's a C now, potential of a B. I wouldn't put money on him reaching it. I think a B minus is more likely.
0: Well, I can't wait for you to be wrong.
2: Yeah, we'll remember this in four years time. We'll go back to it and either I will absolutely slam you or you will absolutely slam me.
0: Well, more chance that you'll slam me, because I'm never read.
1: I don't know what Ben I didn't know what I didn't hear what Ben said.
0: Ben's gonna slam me for being Aww. wrong. I will Mexico, in Mexico. <laughs> Why is that getting played? <laughs> I
1: haven't done any sound effects yet, so I thought I'd better chuck one in.
0: I might make an avocados from Mexico poster.
1: I think Very you silly. should.
2: Why anyway, you
0: back, to, back to the Potty sea, lads.
2: Back to the poddy sea, as it will now be referred to as. So Silverstone has expressed interest in not only uh, continuing to host the one race that it's supposed to, um, one that hasn't been cancelled yet. But they have expressed interest that they might want to do a second race on that weekend, but on the second race, go round the circuit backwards. Silverstone in reverse. So, um, we've kinda we're gonna have a look at the feasibility of that in one of our YouTube videos. So please do check that out. But for now on the podcast, we're going to actually look at other circuits and think, are there any others that would be improved if they were in reverse? Harry, does does any circuit come to mind when I say that?
1: Yes. And it's spa because O'Rouge Rouge backwards. And I don't have any other reasons but just O Rouge backwards. That would be sensational. And look, we've, we've three of us uh, have done it before on the F1 game and it's absolutely terrifying. But it'll be great to see. You blast down the Kemmel straight backwards and then you've got to get to O Rouge, which is completely blind. It's like going off the edge of a cliff. I mean, there are inevitable safety issues with this, but even so, I, just for that spectacle, I'd love to see it.
2: In terms of feasibility, going down yeah, the Rouge, yet. I can't see it happening. As as thrilling as it is on the game, as you're right. Um, If you could guarantee there wouldn't be any accidents there, it would be a thrill. But I don't think you could make that guarantee by a long shot.
1: I think you could do Interlagos backwards. I think that could even be realistically done. Yeah. The runoff at the bottom of the hill is pretty wide. Might have to extend it a little bit, but and then the infield section is all pretty slow stuff, so that wouldn't matter. And then there's a lot of runoff when you go up towards the center S. Oh that could work. It's almost a
2: competition between what's actually doable uh, and what would be really thrilling to watch. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'd want to end the lap on the center S's. uh, uh, Sorry, the center S. There's not more than one of them. I I don't know. Could you imagine all of the. Because, I mean, the number one overtaking opportunity would then be what is normally the left hander going onto the main straight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's quite. That'll be quite a heavy stop. I don't know. Who knows whether it work. What about Baku backwards? Oh, God.
0: (laughs) They (laughs) can call it
1: Baku Woods. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like that. Hang on. There
2: you go.
0: There you go, folks.
2: I don't know if it would work. I don't know if it would be feasible. But for that name alone, I think they should do it.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
2: All right. Here's I, And I don't expect this would ever be done. But one I was thinking over, the more I thought about it, the more I like it. Monaco backwards.
1: <laughs> now,
2: hear me out. So the first sector as in the first sector on the actual circuit, so sort of going up after Um Could you imagine going down into Sandovot? I feel like that would be a much more thrilling experience. Like you, you make your way through the t- tunnel, up the hill, and then you've just got the rush down to the first corner in what would be the normal circuit. I think that'd be really fun.
1: I I agree. I I would like to see... I would like to see people do the Lowe's hairpin backwards. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) Sam, have you got any that springs to mind? I
0: mean, it's fun, isn't it? The idea of it is fun, but I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm being the sensible one. The reason you go this way round is because the track is better that way round. Um, There's not many tracks like Silverstone that have multiple layouts. And as we'll discuss in the video, there are multiple reasons why that's a bad idea. Um... It's fun on a game to do where you have no care for the track limits or you can be silly and take each other off. I can't believe I'm being a sensible one here, but the, the tracks make total sense the right way around. And I can't think of a single track that would be a great watch the other way. Yes, there'd be corners, like you saying, "Oh Rouge. Um, that's Rabion, actually. Backwards would be... Great, great fun. It would be great to watch, but I don't know if it would make for a good race. All the overtaking opportunities would be uphills or downhills. Um, ah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantasy world and I usually love living in that fantasy world, but for me, it's just not doing it. None the current tracks anyway. I can't think of anything on the current track that I think works on that well. Maybe Monza because it's mainly straights anyway. So that's well, about an option.
1: About Austria.
0: Austria, yeah, that's I mean, that's not a bad one. Um the the first corner would still work. It's almost the same corner the other way round, so theoretically, yeah, that could work. You sort of have the straight straight after it. But I think you need a majoritatively straight track for it to be a good race. And I'm trying to think of this as what would produce a good race. And I don't think many would. I think you look at you look at the likes of uh China, for example. And then you're going into a couple of right-handers along the straight. The snail backwards is a bit weird. And then you've got a bit of a hairpin. I mean, it just it all feels like the, the track just isn't funny enough, created for that to happen. So, yeah, I can't, I can't see it happening. And in my mind, I can't really picture any realistic racing on a backwards circuit. I think you can make some ulterior layouts of a lot of tracks. That would be really fun to see. But uh, like, I'd love to see Monza reintegrate the banking for a one-off. That'll be great fun. Um, but for me, yeah, I just... I can't get my mind around it until it actually happens, I think.
1: What about I mean, Yeong Yam?
0: I'd like you to leave Young Yam out of the situation.
1: <laughs> this is a
2: it's new tram. <laughs> he loses his hair and he loses his sense of fun. What is this? Um, yeah, boo. You've actually got a boo sound effect,
1: Harry. I don't. It's not working. Sorry. You can have an Owen Wilson Wow. Go on then.
2: Wow. You Thank go.
1: you. That's um, exquisite.
2: China should happen just so Sam can commentate on the anting, anting, anting snail backwards. Like the ting, <laughs> anting, anting, anting.
0: Do not have to say it backwards? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. What is anting? Or well, if mean? you just say tag,
1: you say ting, anting, anting, ang ting ang. Ting, ang, ting, ang. Instead,
0: ting ang ting ang ting ang anting ting anting ting ang, ting. It's a great corner, folks. The anting ting corner is one of the. Mo- it's three antings. So I've said two. It's one of the most iconic corners in Formula One. And backwards, it could be amusing.
1: If no one understands what we mean, then go and watch our online racing league on YouTube. Plug. There you go. Watch the China. Well, any China race from there. Sam likes to call it the anting snail.
0: There's a lot of sponsorship, all right, folks? You see a lot of Rolex and whatnot. Well, there's one specific bit of sponsoring on that corner. and it. That's where it gets its name from.
2: Before moving off this topic, Paul Ricard, a circuit that has so much runoff, it could literally be run in any way you like and there's no more danger involved whatsoever. It doesn't deliver a good race anyway. Is it worth just running that one
1: backwards, see if it does improve anything? I think you could, because I've I've got a theory that the final corner, which would be turn one, would be an overtaking spot because so it's actually a little hairpin and I I, I look at it today because someone put it on Twitter and I think it genuinely could be better backwards and it can not be I, any worse.
0: I actually, it, that race is so boring I actually forgot it existed while I was thinking of the tracks in the <laughs>
1: race.
0: I genuinely think you're right actually. I think again, even if it wasn't backwards you'd have a lot of layouts possible. Uh, so I think that backwards or at least with a completely odd layout would be a good bit of fun.
2: I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It delivers a bad race. Well done. You've just done exactly what it did last year. So you're not going to lose anything by doing that. So uh, we propose officially as late-breaking that the French Grand Prix is run backwards. Yes. Staying up with Circuit Talk, Algarve in Portugal... Has been awarded FIA Grade One license, so it's the it's the forty fourth circuit, Lewis Hamilton hashtag blessed uh, that is now within that category. Essentially, that does now give it the the safety the safety level in order to race in Formula One. So all the facilities are up to scratch. The the circuit is up to scratch. It was a test venue about ten years ago. Harry, do you think there's any chance that this could appear on the Formula One calendar, and, and would you want it to?
1: Um, I think we might have too many races already. I mean, not this year technically anymore, but we were going to have twenty-two. Um, I don't mind. I feel like the Algarve is. Wait, no, we've not. We've never raced. Just test there, right? Correct. Yeah, I don't. I've, to, to be honest, I don't really know if I know the circuit that well, but. We could have a Portuguese Grand Prix, but I would I'd imagine that it would have to replace something else. And unless it's Abu Dhabi, which is unlikely to happen, then I don't really want it to. Um, so, and I feel like it's quite an old school circuit. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, maybe a modern F1 wouldn't work on it. But, hey, look, c- to counter that, I'm also up for to, for seeing anything in F1. So if they want to put it on the calendar, put it on the calendar. I'm not going to stop you, lads.
2: And you have the power to do so as well. So it's good that the blessing is there. You're welcome. (laughs) Sam, any thoughts on Algarve and whether it could host F1? Should it host F1?
0: The Algarve has a a rich and controversial history, both within motorsport and outside of motorsport. And all I'm going to say on the matter is, if you're a Brit, just be careful when eating tapas not to lose something.
1: Please elaborate on this point.
0: There's a certain family who are British who may have lost their daughter while on the Algarve. Oh,
1: come on. oh right.
2: <laughs> Avocados from Mexico from
1: North Portugal. Portugal.
2: Yeah.
0: Lost your daughter in Portugal? No, move
1: Portugal. on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> move on. Sorry, thanks. Moving swiftly on. I didn't think Algarve would cause such controversy um just my two cents on it i actually think it's a really nice circuit and it, it's fairly wide in, in most parts so um yeah i, I think formula one could race there you're right in what you say harry The the calendar is already very congested i wouldn't mind if it was on some sort of race sharing agreement with another european circuit perhaps because uh, I, yeah, I, I do think it's a nice circuit it's worth bearing in mind there are a lot of grade 1 licensed circuits around the world that aren't currently doing F1 so just because it's now got this grading doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be fast tracked to the F1 calendar um, but it just means that the potential is at least there uh, and you know, there's no no Portuguese drivers in Formula 1 unless we get the return of Thiago Montero, which I am living for every single day <laughs> but I, I can't think of any young Portuguese drivers either that are coming through, but yeah. I I would like to see it happen, but if we had to lose another European race because of it, maybe not.
1: I have changed my mind and I would love to see it because I've just looked it up and there's a corner called Craig Jones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wanna see Craig Jones corner, please.
1: You go into you go into turn nine, which is Samsung. Out of turn nine, a tricky little tight right-hander into the fast sweeping left-hander of turn ten, which is Craig Jones.
0: <laughs> I haven't got a son.
1: <laughs> you're not a son. A Samsung. God damn it! What did I sing? Right. Can can I mute you?
0: <laughs> no, unfortunately, you can't. I think I can. Folks, if I get muted, you're not getting a theme tune later.
2: Well, that's the thing, because we are now going to move on to the main event, and you can't be muted for this. It's time for F1 Back and Forth. Harry, Uh ready your music. Sam, ready your vocal cords. Here we go. Uh, Let's go.
0: It's F1. Back and forth. It's F1. Back and forth. We go backwards. And they go forth. It's F one. Back and
2: forth. Yeah, F one. I, I can't tell you Sensive. how much I love for that.
0: I love it. I get so much joy out of singing it.
2: Ah, oh, dear. Do you get as much joy out of playing it? No. I
0: mean, it's like a hundred percent joy singing it. Like. joy playing.
1: 60? Uh, It's 40% non-enjoyment out of this game.
2: Honestly. Do you you want to know what your category is this week?
0: I'd love to.
1: All right. Wow.
2: (laughs) So, there are 46 correct answers in this category. And it's any F1 driver... Between who raced between the years 2000 and 2004. So anyone who raced in the Schumacher dominant years.
0: Oh, Christ's sake.
2: Sam, Bloody hell, Ben. I'm not,
0: right. I'm not feeling good on this one. I did quite well last time. I'm not going to
2: do well this time. Um I think, Sam, you kicked off last time. So, Harry, kick us off this time. Name someone who drove between 2000 and 2004.
1: Michael Schumacher.
2: Oh, I mean, I gave you that one. You would have struggled otherwise. Yes, Michael Schumacher is correct. Sam.
0: Rubens Barrichello.
1: Rubinho. Yes. Um, Harry. Juan Pablo Montoya.
2: JPM is good. Sam. Mika Hakkinen. Mika Hakkinen is good. Harry.
1: Ralph Schumacher.
2: One of the most underrated drivers of all time. Yes, Ralph Schumacher is there. Oh, I'm getting a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sam?
0: Well, someone who should get in the being is Ralph Schumacher, but a man with an equally, actually, no, much more impressive jaw is, of course, David Coulthard.
2: <laughs> That's
1: uh, answer number seven. <laughs> Harry, here oh, you I go. Missed. DC's commentary. Um, I'm going for Jensen Button. Of course, that is correct, Sam.
0: Uh, The man who loves a crane. It's Yano (laughs) Trully.
1: Harry. Kimi Räikkönen. Sam.
0: Uh, Johnny Herbert's in first.
2: Of course, Johnny Herbert. I mean, he wasn't there for very long in this period of time, but he was there nonetheless. Harry?
1: Johnny Herbert leads.
2: Um, (laughs) Eddie Irvine. Yep, Eddie Irvine is good. Sam?
0: Uh, Nick Heigfeld, the man who sits under a tree.
1: Oh, good old quick, Nick. Gotta love him. Harry? Um... Mark Jenay. Oh, there's there's an answer and a half. Yeah, good old Mark Jenay.
2: Sam. Ricardo Zonta. Yeah, big zonts as we like to call him.
0: That is never been said in the vicinity of the three of us.
2: <laughs> it absolutely should from now on. I love Big Zons.
0: <laughs> big Ricky Zonts.
2: <laughs> oh that's
1: good. Oh, um, that yeah. is
2: beautiful. Uh, Zonta is correct. Um, Harry, have you got another answer?
1: Ralph Furman.
2: Ralph. I mean, you're bringing out the best answers here. Yeah. Ralph Who Fuhrman. is Ralph Furman? <laughs> the
1: Irish Pocket Rocket.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good old Ralph Furman. Sam.
0: Well, we have got one. The stapper now. We had another one back then. It's Yoss.
1: Yoss, the boss. Harry. Giancarlo Physicella. Yep, fizzy's there, Sam.
2: Oh! Mika Sarlo. Mika Salo is correct. Harry? <laughs> Alan McNish. <laughs> 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 Some great answers here, yes. Alan McNish is correct. Sam?
0: Uh the man we all love to hate, Jacques Villeneuve.
1: Yep, Jacques Villeneuve is correct. Harry. Hein Towered Frentzen. Yep.
2: Sam. So, uh,
0: Alexander Verts.
1: Yeah, Verts is correct. Harry? Japanese myth and legend. Takuma Sato. I thought we were
2: gonna say UGE Day then, um, which of course would have been an incorrect answer. But yes, the other Japanese be. myth is there as well. Sam? And I it me-
0: Um Olivier Penis. I mean, Pangas.
2: Very funny. Um, <laughs> I, I might just... Uh, all right, I'll let you have it, even though the pronunciation was a little bit off.
0: Uh, it happens.
1: <laughs> Harry? <laughs> Cristiano whats Demata. matter
2: Oh, God. I Harry Pagas. His real the- name was Watts, but other than that, correct.
1: Sam? <laughs>
0: Um, um 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 poop on a scoop. Um I'll get there. I'll get there. John Lazy, he was there, wasn't he?
2: John Lazy yeah. was there, yeah. That's good. Harry Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson of course. Yeah, he's there.
0: Um am I if I say one that we've already said, do I get another go?
2: Yeah, you I'll let you off once.
0: Fernando Alonso.
2: We haven't said him.
1: Yep, yeah, Fernando Alonso is there. Felipe Massa.
2: Yep, yeah, Felipe Massa is there. Sam.
0: Uh, um it's getting a little bit harder now. Oh, uh Yossi's teammate, uh Bernoldi.
2: Enrique Bernoldi is correct.
1: Absolute legend held DC up in Monaco for about twenty laps. So good <laughs> it. um, uh, g- eye, it's Matt Wibber. I <laughs> mean, for that awful—I uh,
2: no, awful's not a strong enough word. Diabolical impression. Good die. All right, I'll give you the point. I'm going to be nice, but good eye work. Sam, who's the next answer?
0: Um, oh, absolute legend and champion, Anthony Davidson.
2: Good old Anthony Davidson, of course. Um, hopefully, Anthony, you are still having a good fun in your race around Bahrain by yourself. Um, <laughs> Harry, he did really? the last one? He did, yeah. Well um, done. Yeah. Uh...
1: I had one in my head, then. I just forgotten him. Uh, oh, Christian Clean. Yes. Oh, that was
0: my next one!
1: Christian Cleon
2: is correct. I mean, you're doing very well, guys. I think you've got about 13 more answers?
0: Good God. No, look at us, Harry. We're, we're good at Formula yeah. One. It's impressive
2: but Sam, have you got another answer?
0: I do. It's a funny one. <laughs> Bumgarner.
1: I think it's bound, but yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you have that, Harry. Thank you, uh, Robert Doornobs. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously mean Dawn Boss.
2: <laughs> Uh Great name, but is he not? I know, is he wrong? <gasps> I think you're out by a year, Harry. Oh no!
1: As far as oh, I'm aware, he, Robert Doornobs. you reserve
0: at that point?
1: I thought he was a an O four, but he must be an 0-5. Oh no! As far he's as I'm aware, he's an O five. times.
0: Oh, oh Harry, what's what's the matter?
1: <laughs> what's the what's Cristiano da matter Sorry, Cristiano, what's the matter? Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, maybe maybe it's clock that you should have said.
1: Yeah, is exactly. one that was still
2: there. Um, got any more, Sam?
0: I uh, I had one when Harry said clean I had another one uh and I don't think I'm going to remember it mm, no no I can't remember that one so I oh um uh, that's it
1: yeah
2: yeah the Argentinian sensation as he was off to That was
0: that was the only other game I can remember. So if Harry got one more wrong and I didn't get Glock, I'll I'll have been out.
2: But I mean, well done, Sam. You you pick up the win again. So after Ooh. seemingly never winning one, you are on a roll.
0: Beautiful. I've I've got three in a row. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Harry's can wipe the floor with me next time.
2: Did we Good not dessert? say Eddie Irvine?
1: Irvine was said.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: you said it.
1: Oh, so I'm just look. i looked up F1 2000. Uh, Alexander Wurtz, Wurtz, bloody hell. Luciano Berti.
0: What's the Verts that could happen?
1: <laughs> Wait, Pedro Dinitz.
2: Yeah. Another Pedro you missed.
0: Did we miss Della Rosa? Oh yeah, my
1: god. La- that is
0: Pedro, Pedro Della Rosa. What? That's <laughs> a reference yeah. to Plan B, Charmaine Della Rosa, folks.
1: A few others as well. Um, who sorry? I oh, know he might have been ninety nine. Takagi? Oh. No, he didn't quite make didn't quite make the twenty first century. Didn't make the cut, you know. No. Um
2: Alonso's teammate Minardi. Oh, that's a great question. I
0: oh, that. oh, oh, um was he? I said that his Brazilian, wasn't he? Tarso Mark. I thought he... Oh, I thought he was Brazilian.
2: Alex Jung, uh, Mark Weber's team. Jung. Yeah. Um, Czech Republic.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> had a funny, They had like uh, ENK.
1: Yeah, that's it. Um, the Czech Republic, famous for their F1 drivers. Absolutely. Is, you know. The other ones a little bit
2: later on Pizzonia, um, Nicholas Kiesa, Giorgio
1: Pantano, and okay, good old Brudi. Is it Pantano or Pantano Discuss? I don't
2: actually know.
1: I mean, it's, it's the question everyone's been wondering, but we cannot answer it. Sorry, guys.
2: Speaking of pronunciation of drivers, it still does make me laugh that Sebastian Vettel's name was said wrong for so long.
0: Vettel hurts me in my in my sleep. I, I wake up in sweats to hearing Vettel, and it upsets me so deeply.
1: I watched something from 2001 the other day when it was Kimmy's first race and they were calling him Raikkonen. Raikkonen on like a...
2: those leaves. Exactly.
1: <laughs> like the joke we did, but they were actually called... It was Brundle. He was calling him Raikkonen. Anyway.
0: Oh, dear.
1: Uh, oh, sorry, oh, uh, my... outro.
0: It's F1. Back and forth, it's F1. Back and forth, we go backwards. And then go forth, it's F1. Back and forth, yeah,
2: F1. Thank you very much for that, Sam. Beautifully done. Um, and I mean, what better way to finish than on Kimi Raikkonen? So, Sam, would you like to get us out of here for this podcast?
0: Well, thanks, folks, for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed my atrocious singing, our awful guessing, or any of the debates we put up there, feel free to share the podcast, give it a review, let other people know, or just come and contact us on Twitter or on YouTube or on Instagram. Uh, All our handles are well-documented, at El Breaking, tends to be the trend. Uh, It'd be good to hear from you, so please get involved. But in the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage.
2: I've been Ben Hawking.
1: I've been Tarso Marquez. (laughs) And remember, keep
2: breaking late.